Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Today we have a great revenge story between a baby versus a granny. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, exposed an almost cheater to her husband. I, 31-year-old female, am married to my husband, 31-year-old male, who we'll call Scott. So Scott is AP security, secret shopper, at a big corporate store. He goes to work looking pretty fresh, smelling good, and he's a good-looking guy. So he gets compliments and whatnot, which makes him feel good, and I totally get it. They can look, but don't touch, you know? Anyways, so there's this female co-worker who we'll call Karen, 37-year-old female, and Karen is married. The other day, Karen went on her secondary Facebook she uses for online gaming and messages my husband. It started off innocent at first, asking things like, Is this Scott the guy from work? And turned into saying things like, Hi Scotty, with a smiling emoji. He doesn't go by Scotty. And then asking for relationship advice about some other guy at work who's not Karen's husband. So one night, she messaged him and out of the blue, she asks my husband if he would like to make $30 an hour being someone's side piece. He immediately showed me and involved me in the conversation. As the conversation continued, it became clear she was talking about herself. That totally caught me by surprise because who does that? My husband tried to nicely tell her that that's not the way to handle things and she needs to fix her relationship. He also said some stuff that I was not at all happy with, like that he understood her frustration. This caused a fight between us and I ended up taking upon myself to message her and ream her out for doing that, knowing he's married. She wasn't at all remorseful and made excuses. She acknowledged in previous texts to my husband that he has a wife, so she knew. He also immediately reported this to HR, as this is sexual harassment. However, they're dragging their feet. In the meantime, she ended up approaching him again at work and asking him why he showed me, his wife, the messages. He blew her off basically and said, obviously she was going to see them, and he just doesn't want this to be awkward. He told me this, and I told him it's going to be awkward no matter what and he needs to be more clear with Karen about wanting nothing to do with this. Fast forward another week, she messaged him again at work this time. She tells him, come to the back room, a place she knew there wouldn't be anyone around. He said, why? She never answered him via text. Later that night, she walks up to him asking him to delete that last text thread. This is where he finally told her off and basically said, This BS has to stop. I'm not dishonest with my wife and this isn't going to happen. She walked away and pretends everything is peachy the next time she sees me, smiles and tries to say hi. Here's where I become the jerk. I don't think it's very fair to her husband to not know and just be with someone who does this kind of thing. So I googled him and found him and his phone number and then I called him and told him the whole story. Honestly, fair game to OP. It's one thing if they're like interested in this guy and trying to hit him up. It might even be one thing even if they know they're married, but once they've expressed, they're not interested, back off, why are you talking to me when I'm married, and they still keep going on? I mean, how sad and desperate can you be? 
The husband deserves to know if they're that desperate to cheat on them. Shoot, them being that blatant about it and that unapologetic about it, maybe the husband already knows. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you guys enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below? That said, our next story is, cut me off, then wave me off. Heading home after a long day at work today, traffic works out well and I'm able to get into my lane without too much trouble. Typically, this street is bumper to bumper, and having to merge over three lanes and three intersections can be frustrating at best. So, as I'm heading through the second intersection to get to my highway on ramp, a guy in a lifted Dodge Ram with all the bells and whistles cuts me off, and then gives me the little courtesy wave, as if I had a choice. Well, the choice would have been to become one with his bumper, so not something I was willing to do. So, the light at the final intersection is red. This is one of those two-lane left turns to merge onto a six-lane highway. I always get in the shortest lane, which this time happens to be the outside lane. I was able to pull right up to the line, and I noticed the jerk that cut me off is two cars behind in the inside lane. This is where my very mild petty revenge takes place. As the light goes green and we all speed up to merge on the highway, because I'm on the outside lane and need to merge to the inside lane to get on the highway, I get my little Kia up to speed. And yup, I merged right in front of the jerk in the truck. But of course, not before giving him the same little courtesy wave he gave me when cutting me off. Of course, being passed by a Kia, he revs his engine and gets into the far most right lane as possible, being the ever-lovely aggressive driver he is. I passed him in the middle lane later on because of traffic. It's not crazy or dangerous or anything like that. But it felt really good to be able to just mildly annoy someone that mildly annoyed me. Honestly, I think it's always a joy to pass somebody like this who is way too macho for their own good. You have what somebody like that would classify as a wimpy car or some small cheapo car. Just the fact that you can do a normal driving maneuver and move right in front of them is enough to just make them flip their lid is hilarious. Our next story is, Gamer Geek Jealousy Leads to Epic Brutal Revenge. I used to be in a gaming group, traditional, books, dice, and miniatures, with a guy we'll call Stench, because no matter how many showers he took, he stunk. Anyways, Stench was a serious geek and Catholic, which made his gaming way problematic for him. He was in his 20s, a virgin, living with his parents, completely under their control. He also had several small circles of friends. 99% online, which were absolutely never allowed to intersect. Well, I stopped by one day to borrow a book. He was on the phone with a girl from one of those other groups. She heard me, liked my voice, and browbeat him into giving me the phone. We hit it off, talking frequently, then every night eventually doing the -the over-the-phone roleplay, not even close to sexual. As things usually happen, she slipped and told Stench what we'd been doing. He lost his crap. She informed me that he had contacted our weekly game master, my then best friend, who approved that anything Stench did was canon, official, in our weekly game. This meant that any retribution I chose to inflict was also canon in-game. He did this knowing full well what a vindictive, very imaginative, complete son-of-a-jerk I am. Oh, crap. Selling a little? Or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Our DM was a malicious freaker. Stench had cursed the character I was using one I'd been using for a long time, whom I'd put a lot of work into, with some utterly disgusting and horrific diseases, utterly incurable. So I contacted a very old friend and hired his character that he'd been running since the late 70s, this was 97-ish, to do a hit job. See, Stench would only play a special race of lawful good winged elves called Averils. In our campaign universe, he had protected them by having them develop on their own world, which was then deposited into a pocket dimension which only Avarils could access. The plan played out thus. My hired elven wizard has a spelljammer ship. He uses a time travel spell to go back to the dawn of the Avaril race, before they crawled out of the muck, before their planet was in its pocket dimension. He takes the ship in very close to the system's primary, i.e. their sun, and cast a compound spell, enlarge, haste, age to destruction, aka supernova, on the star. Then, time travel reversed back to when he left. I then called up the lady and told her what I'd done, with a message to pass along to Stench. I wiped out the Avarils so completely not even their gods are around to mourn their passing. He called me up the next day, screaming and crying, saying he was going to come to my house, kick the door down and burn it down. I reminded him that he's seen me shoot, I'm ex-army infantry, and I thought Catholics frowned on ending things. Then I hung up. I called up our DM, told him what I'd done, he was even impressed with my brutality, and verified that it was canon. It was. This deleted not only Stench's characters, but every action they'd ever committed. Let's just say several favorite characters who died due to Stench's blunders came back, among other effects. He was also forbidden to use that race ever again, as they were wiped from existence. And only my character remembered them, and there was no way I was going to wish them back into existence. Stench rage quit the group, and never spoke to any of us ever again. Unfortunately, his buddy in another state, who was supposed to be reloading my rifle ammo, instead sold my brass. So as revenge for that, I took some gay adult entertainment VHS tapes my mom's then boyfriend had salvaged from his job as maintenance at the apartment complex, boxed them up with a bow, 
drove down to where Stench's buddy lived, and mailed the box to Stench, CEO is hyper-Catholic parents, with a note that said, We had a little tiff and broke up, so I thought Stench would want these back. Yes, I'm a jerk. So for basically anybody that might be a little bit confused, I don't know if this is exactly D&D that OP's referencing, but it's basically like a role-playing game where you kind of create your own characters and their races and you kind of create a world that has a story and you basically control these characters yourself and the DM kind of guides you along. So somebody like Stench, who created their characters and their race of characters in the 70s, had been portraying and playing as this character saying, oh, well, now my character's going to go to this place to hunt down some evil villain. They'd been doing that for, what, 27 years at least? And then OP got revenge by making the story official that that character is dead, gone, and any existence and remembrance of them is vanished. It's really funny because it doesn't really change much, but in their hearts, it's real to them. Our next story is, don't want to fix it? That's okay, I will. In 2022, I graduated college and moved into my very first apartment. Everything was great for the first two months. Cheap rent and good neighbors. That all changed at the drop of a dime one night. I came home to a German cockroach in my sink. I'm extremely afraid of bugs, especially fast-moving ones. Immediately I began looking through the entire apartment whilst sobbing for more, and oh my god did I find more. The place was thoroughly infested. I called my landlord to notify her and see how we can get this fixed as fast as possible. She was just as shocked as I was, and said that she would never expected this to happen at her complex. Keep this in mind, this is important later. She told me that she's going to handle this ASAP and have a pest company come in to spray. Thank goodness. I stayed home that day to let the pest control into my unit for spraying. When they arrived, I asked a boatload of questions for some peace of mind. I received the opposite. They notified me that my landlord specifically requested that they only spray my unit and not the other surrounding 19 units in the building. The pest company knew this was wrong and told me they made an effort to convince my landlord to spray the entire building. She still said, no thanks. It was an extremely lazy solution on her part, and she thought that she could get off easy being cheap and only getting one of her 20 units sprayed, like slapping a band-aid on a bullet hole. In the following weeks, yep, you guessed it, the infestation grew much worse. It had gotten to a point where every aspect of my life was being affected by the roaches. I could not eat, sleep, or just simply relax in my own space. So I texted my neighbor across the hall. Hey, by any chance, are you struggling with a roach problem too? He responded, yes. I asked for how long. He said, since 2019 when I moved in. Oh, okay. So the landlord knew darn well about this infestation and has let it grow for years. Cue petty revenge. I called and reported her to the Department of Health, who gleefully told me that yes, she is in extreme violation of many codes. They were shocked at how poorly she handled the situation. Within a week, they were in contact with her, served her a handful of fines for neglect of tenants, and gave her a notice with a decline to fumigate the entire building. By the following day, the pest company was back and spraying the whole building. Here's the kicker. By the following week, my lease had ended and I moved out. Slapped her with some fat butt fines and then hit the road. I'll never forget her. And I know she'll sure as crap never forget me. Good riddance, you cheap jerk. 
Yeah, if anything like this was starting to go wrong in a place I was renting, I would immediately go to check if there was anything I could do to report somebody like that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I would hope that many locales would have some kind of rule about this. Our next story is Accommodate Me Bench, A Car Buying Adventure. Near the end of the pandemic, I'd paid off my truck and the dealership I bought from took notice. They sent me a letter about a good deal on a trade-in and a loyalty discount. I was thinking about getting a slightly larger truck anyway, so I went down to the dealership. I told the salesman I wanted a new vehicle, but Super Sales Guy took me on a guided tour of every damaged used vehicle on his lot. I was finally able to steer him back to the showroom for a new vehicle. We went through the brochures, and I picked out the vehicle features and color. We haggled a little bit on price, and I got it down a couple percent. With my trade-in and the loyalty discount, I'd ended up with about 20% below the sticker price. Dealers were seriously overpaying for used cars during the pandemic because they were making money hand over fist with them, apparently. Okay, so all in all, not a terrible deal. Super sales guy didn't have my truck locally with the color and features I wanted, so he had to have one brought in from another dealership. Would take about a week. Fine. Oh, and I have to pay a security deposit. Expected. Then, Super Salesman asks me for my insurance info. Why? I asked him. I'll call them and get the new truck put on your insurance, was his response. I explained that not allowing randos to call up and screw with my insurance policy was just one of the little perks my insurance company provided. I'll call them myself when I have the VIN, get it added, and then email you proof of coverage. That will be enough. He nodded and we parted ways for about a week. The following Monday, I got a call from a phone number I didn't recognize. It was Super Salesman. He said the truck was in and he needed me to call my insurance company now. He was very urgent about it. Why? I asked. He said because I called them and they say they need your permission so I can add this truck to your insurance. I said, what? You called my insurance company? I was pretty upset at this point, but I was also smelling opportunity to maybe haggle the price down a little more since calling insurance companies and trying to screw with other people's policies can't be ethical and maybe even illegal, right? At any rate, it would make for a very bad review online. But anyway, I really wanted to talk to my insurance company. I thought Super Sales Guy had hung up, and apparently he thought so too, because just before I went to dial my insurance company, I heard him say, Accommodate me, Bench, and laugh. So many questions. Who was he talking to? What did that even mean? Super Sales Guy woke up that morning and he chose violence. While I was thinking about what this dude had just said, my insurance company called me. The lady on the line told me some random dude had called and cursed her out, talking crazy and demanding that she change my insurance. I apologized to her and explained the situation. I made the updates to my insurance and before I hung up, I told her I would make him pay for disrespecting her. 
When I hung up with her, I realized that the salesman was still connected on the other line. I could hear him talking and laughing on the other end. He didn't realize he never hung up, so this dude has made me mad as heck and I'm about to make him pay. I hopped in the car and drove down to the dealership like a madman. When I got there, I walked in straight to Super Sales Guy's desk. He greeted me and said, Hey buddy, wasn't expecting to see you for another couple of hours. Your truck's not ready yet. I said, who are you calling a bench? I responded very loudly. Now picture a half dozen customers, salesmen, floor managers, and staff all turning to look at us in unison with shocked expressions on their faces. I pulled out my phone to show him he was still on a call with me. I said, you never hung up. Now who are you calling a bench? He immediately started stammering. I I wasn't talking to you. Oh, he basically admitted it. I really wasn't prepared for that. Who are you calling a bench then? At this point, I noticed a manager and a security guard moving toward us in my peripheral. I I was talking to the insurance lady. You called my insurance company and called my insurance rep a bench after I told you not to call them? I'm sorry, he responded. The manager turned to me and said, let's talk about this. I snapped back, we are talking about this. I played it up for effect for another minute or so. I wanted to stop before I got to the point where it made more sense for the manager to have security drag me out than deal with me. So I let the manager lead me away to his office. I explained the situation to him and we negotiated a lot more. I ended up getting my truck for nearly 40% off the sticker price and three years of free maintenance and oil changes. Super sales guy had to apologize to me in front of the entire staff. The insurance lady and I had a good laugh when I called her to let her know she'd been avenged, and I got a much better deal on a truck than I expected. I don't know there's a moral to this story, but if I had to pick one, it would be this. If a customer confronts you with, who are you calling a bench? Don't admit you said bench to the customer. I don't understand why he was so insistent on this, short of he got some kind of bonus or kickback somehow. But honestly, reading this story, I thought it was going to get to the point where they were very urgently saying, put it on your insurance, because something had happened on the transit over and it got damaged and he wanted to charge it to OP's insurance. The sales guy was just crazy. Our next story is, so you like to throw stones at passing cyclists? Prepare for the fright of your young life. This happened around 2010. I was cycling around Haringey Green Lines where I lived at the time. The area is gentrified now, but at the time, it was considered to be a bit rough by London standards. Those familiar with the area know that there are narrow alleyways that connect up all the side roads, off of green lanes. So I'm cycling past one of these alleyways and see a group of rowdy kids messing around inside the alley. There are four of them, aged maybe 11 to 12 and making a lot of noise, as kids do. As I pass them, they all go quiet. Sensing that something is up, I shoot them a look over my shoulder and catch one of them throwing a stone at me, which bounces off my back. That is followed by an explosion of laughter and jeering. Now, I remember being a kid and the lengths that kids go to to entertain their friends. To be honest, I wasn't even that mad. But in that moment, I decided to make this a teachable moment for the little jerk and to make sure that he will never forget me. So I pretend to lose my mind. I toss my bike to the road, turn and sprint at them full speed to quickly cover the 10 to 15 meters between us. At the same time, I scream in a pretend rage and wind my arm back like I'm about to deliver a WWE haymaker and end a young life or two. They barely have enough time to register what's going on. 
The three of them scatter like cockroaches, but the one who threw the stone freezes in his tracks. He kind of just collapses against the wall with his arms outstretched, babbling and begging for mercy. I put my face right next to his and whisper, I'm only joking, kid. The kid blinks for a second and then promptly starts to wail loudly like he's carrying the burden of the world on his little shoulders. I walked away feeling like I'd done the world a small service. What are your thoughts? Was this justified? Or too much? I mean, you definitely scared the crap out of those kids, but I mean, you remember being a kid? Sometimes kids need to be a little scared, right? I'd be willing to bet that they'd learned a lot from that exchange. Hopefully also learning some stuff about the restraint OP showed. Our next story is Baby vs. Granny. It was hot, the end of the day, and my one-year-old was way overtired. I had to get a few things in a shop, and of course, I was that woman with the screaming child in tow as I tried to get what I needed and get out of there. This old lady was wearing Bluetooth earbuds and was talking on the phone. She had been lingering where I was for some time while chatting away with no browsing or shopping being done. She came up to where I was standing and gave me a filthy look as if I was in her way when there were three other ways around where I was standing, cradling my son to calm him from his hysteria. I leave the area, walk around a quiet set of aisles and shush him so I can get on with the actual reason I was in the shop. It was clear he was never going to sleep, so I made a mad dash to get out of there. As I move to another section, there's the old bat telling her friend on the phone, it would be okay if I could hear you over the screaming. So for the next little while, all of my shopping was in the very same aisle at the very same place that her conversation was, with baby screaming right into the microphone for her friend to hear loud and clear. She looked at me with utter frustration as we were everywhere she turned and stopped dead in her tracks with a loud scoff. I told her not to be a witch next time, before leaving her with a look of shocked pain on her face. I'm sure everyone at Bingo will hear all about the jerk with the screaming baby. The kicker, we were in the kids section. It's kind of expected, right? Death, taxes, and unrelenting screaming babies in unfortunate circumstances. You best believe that plane ride you're sitting right next to that screamer. You want to take a phone call now in the grocery store? Well, guess what? Junior just made a boom boom and he's going to cry about it. This next story is, I guess I won't be answering the work phone for at least two years. I've worked in an office for almost two years now. I have a teammate with the same job title, but with a slightly different role. Let's refer to her as Lola. We essentially work together as a team, working on our separate tasks to complete shared projects. I answered a phone call at my desk a couple of months ago that was for her and went to verify the information to transfer the call to her. This is something the receptionist normally did, so I wasn't sure what her specific extension was. Here's how the conversation went down. I said, you have a phone call, what's your extension? Lola said, it's for me? That's weird. I said, why is that weird? She says, it's usually for you, so I don't answer it. I said, what are you talking about? I really am stumped. Lola says, when someone calls either of us, both our phones ring. It's usually not for me, so I don't answer it. I said it's normally not for me either, I just take a message or get the call to the right person, as I'm trying to do now. Lola doesn't really have anything to say about that. I get her extension and then transfer the call to her. Back in my office, I'm kind of steaming. For almost two years, I've been taking every call and message when the receptionist is away. My teammate had been simply ignoring the phone that entire time, leaving all the effort to me. I looked at my phone and thought, I wish I could just unplug it. Then it occurred to me that the cord extended from a port on the floor and connected under my phone. 
The phone essentially sits on top of the cord with a gap space under the phone to accommodate the cord. So, I unplugged my phone and placed it on top of the cord so that it simply looks as though it's plugged in. I have no idea who's answering the phone now when the receptionist is away from her desk, but I guarantee I won't plug in that phone again unless someone figures it out, and then I'll simply play dumb. I mean, who would do something like that on purpose? It's a small anarchy, but I'll take it. I mean, ultimately, I think it comes down to, is it even in your job description? Are you really supposed to be the one that's doing this second-hand receptionist work anyways? And yeah, if it's enough of a job and nobody else is helping you out with it when you're picking up all this slack, it's easy to feel like you're carrying around this big bulk of work, say they're limes, and recognize that you can no longer hold all these limes. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.